On this week's episode of Third and Forever, Kevin and I recap Championship Weekend. And that's all we're going to do. We're going to preview Super Bowl next week. All right, let's go. Episode of Third and Forever, presented by 10,000 Takes. I'm your host, Adam Oz. Joined as always by my co-host, Kevin Olm. Kevin, this is the part where I always ask how you're doing. Uh, for the last, I don't know how many months now, you've pretty much always been pretty good. Uh, how about how are we doing this week? Um, I'd, I'd like to, I actually, I knew you would ask me this question, so I, I have something. Prepared. I ask it every week, yep. yeah. I have something prepared. Uh, okay. It's just the perfect quote we, I found. Just for, for reference, we are recording on Wednesday, so he's had a few this is, days this is here. like 72 hours. Yeah, removed, he's had and, he's had some time. And I'm, I'm right. still – and I mean, granted, I'm a lot better than I was 72 hours ago. But right. uh, this is a quote, Dwight Schrute. It was also posted on the Packers subreddit, which is where I got it. A great opportunity squandered? Absolutely. A crushing blow? Yes. Will I get over it? Mm, no. But life goes on. But not for me. Dwight Schrute. And that's kind of how I feel. Like, it just... At, on a certain level, you know, when things like this happen, especially when you're a couple of days removed and you can kind of take a step back and go, okay, like, it's football. Like, I don't have a disease. But fuck, man, does it suck to just sit here and... Yeah, I was texting you about it even like right after it happened. It's like, yeah. man, you lose the well, I, did, I, did, I did like a welfare check. I did like mm-hmm. a little welfare check after the game. Yeah. Um just to make sure I even said like don't feel like you need to respond, just well, want to see how like, you're doing. At, it's it's somehow like worse and better at the same time where you know, this is the fourth NFC championship game in seven years and they've lost all four. And so it's mm-hmm. like it's worse because you're it just keeps adding up, you know. It's it's just like how how the fuck have we lost four in a row? Is is better in that? I don't know. Like I've been here before. I can take a look back three hundred and sixty five fucking days ago, and I was right here. It's more frustrating though because last year, you know, you that, got, that game happened, it. and I was like, you know what? We, you know, we didn't deserve to win that game. We were clearly outclassed. And, you know, they made mistakes this game too. And and I I'd like to I like to really lay out my uh my admittance of the various mistakes and shortcomings of this football team. And I'd want that all out on the table before I before I take a swing at my uh very angry part of Sunday. So I just want I just want context. Um, if that's cool with you, we can just dive right in. Yeah, go for it. I'm gonna let you. We're gonna we're gonna start with yours and we're and go right into it. I'm gonna let you kind of so, have it. So, so you go. Grievance for it. number one is with God because the weather, <laughs> um, <laughs> the weather was not start. as advertised. You know, it was. I mean, it looked it was balmy. They, they it was like a balmy Tampa. day. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, it was it a looked, balmy October it was day. Beautiful. Like, yeah. and I was sitting there going, like, "Oh man, I might have to, you know, game plan." You know, I was in Wisconsin, and you know, I I might have to game plan my drive home because of the snow. <laughs> nope, 
No, it was great. No. It was a light dusting Saturday night, which was super fucking helpful. Um, mm-hmm. And that's it. So that's, that's you know, issue number one. And that kind of factored to that, you know, it was the early game, so it wasn't even at night. It wasn't cold. It wasn't really that windy or, you know, precipitation was non-existent. So that's 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 the God aspect of things. Um, grievance number two, uh, fate. Uh, Bakhtiari, his loss was felt more in this game than... You know, any game since his injury, which hasn't been that many, but he, you know, I, I, I was looking at it and the, the offensive line got so much praise, you know, the week prior for holding off the Rams and deservedly so, even with, you know, Aaron Donald not being 100%, uh, they did a really good job. That was not the case this week. The Bucks have a ferocious uh, pass rush, especially. And, you know, Rodgers was getting bothered by it. And there didn't seem like there was much you could do. I think people underestimate the advantage that uh, JPP's gross hand probably has. And that you just, like, don't want him to touch you with it. Because, I don't know, he, he, had, a, he had a monstrous game. Uh, Sue also had a decent game and a couple other guys. But... And on the flip side, you know, I think they lost the battle of both trenches. They got to Brady a couple times, but he was pretty comfortable most of the day. Yeah, he was pressured five times. Yeah, which, I mean... Pressures are, I mean, that's that's the stat that you can rack up. Like, Rodgers was pressured, I think, 22 times. Yeah, so it's I like think... a good quarterback, you can pressure them, and they'll probably, like, get the ball away so you won't get that sack number. But the mm. pressures, I agree, is where you can really get a better picture of the overall situation. And so when you lose the battle of both trenches like that, you know, that's that's rough. And I had a feeling that there'd be pressure on Rodgers. I was disappointed in the pass rush. Uh, I think we need to cut Preston Smith immediately because he is just not doing anything these days. Um, I mean, Zadarius has had a bit of a... Zadarius had an okay He had a great season. year last year. He had a but great like, year last year. It's tough now. when a yeah. good chunk of your cap, especially in the defense, is those two dudes. Yeah, so Preston for sure needs to That's be gone. Zadarius, I, I don't I don't think I'd advocate cutting him this offseason because I think he still is a significant improvement from what we would he's have. Definitely, he's definitely the better of the two for oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, close. I'd rather just keep one and he's by far the more productive one, you know, this season and a little bit last season. So yeah, he, he gets to stay, but it was, it was very underwhelming. And I, I don't know. I was watching this game and I told, this is going to kind of segue into, into grievance three, which is uh defense in general, the concept of a defense, um, the Packers' defense has never been mean. And that's... It's hard to, like, put your finger on it because we've had guys like Clay Matthews and, like, Zadarius, you know, more currently, that are that are showmen, that have swagger, that have an attitude. There is a difference between swagger and being just fucking mean. And yeah. the Buccaneers' defense is mean. And you have I no don't, teeth. You got, I'm not, you have no teeth. Yeah, I'm not saying I want, you know, shitheads like Sue on my team. I would rather not have guys of that quality. But there is something to be said for and JPP I would also, you know, quantify as mean. I yeah. think 
even and he was on the field, but you know, like Antoine Winfield Jr., he can dust it up too. You know, it's well, like and that's the thing. Like Jordan defense. Jordan Whitehead, Devin White, Carlton mm-hmm. Davis, like a lot of these guys, they you know won't back down. Like they they get in it. Like it, you know they they're gonna yeah, hit you the, hard. The first time we play, not dirty, them. but hard. That's a difference here too. Like yeah, they tackle hard. They tackle hard. They back up. They talk a lot of shit. And that's yeah. kind of that's something that I even noticed the first time we played them this season. Rodgers had that scramble for a touchdown, and granted, yeah, he like didn't lead with his feet. You know, he like dove for the line, but he was clearly gonna make it. And Winfield still, you know, went horizontal and tried to light him up as hard as he could, which isn't cheating, but it's that kind yeah. of, you know, it's it's that kind of puts you in the face mentality that. They're not going to give anyone special treatment. They're not. Yeah. They're not going to treat. They're looking at every single offensive player the exact same, and they're going to hit you. Like if you run yeah. at them, they're going to hit you. And it's the difference yeah. between you know just hitting people really, really hard and doing that whole thing that the Buccaneers do versus getting a turnover on something that maybe was lucky and everyone runs down to the end zone and you do the train celebration, which I cannot stand. Oh my god. And uh, it's it, so that's that's the difference between swagger and being mean, and so that's that's problem. Now, now granted, on the Packers defense, that is problem number like forty-five down the list of problems. Problem number one is Kevin King, and I can say confidently that I will never have to deal with problem one ever again. If Kevin King, I would not re-sign him for free. I don't care. He needs to go somewhere else because. He had maybe the worst conference championship showing from a corner that I have ever seen. I I mean, you could tell the Buccaneers' game plan was, we're going to pick on Kevin King. Don't want to pick on Jair, because Jair, I mean, I, I can't sing Jair's praises enough. I think he's awesome. And for as good as he is, King is is the mirror. He is so fucking bad. He has bad technique. He tackles poorly. He covers poorly. I don't think he's that smart in terms of like his overall strategy in situational football. There's yeah. no redeeming factor there. He's not even like super fast and can recover. Obviously, he and and the Packers defense. I feel like the only gaping flaw at this point. We need something at linebacker, and, you know, I think we have guys that can pass rush. There's just not – they're not having success, and I blame that more on coaching. I think that Kenny Clark is awesome. You know, Zedarius is fine. The safeties are in a good spot. It's just the corner two, and I guess the guys, you know, subsequently that they looked at and deemed, you are not as good as Kevin King. Those guys are the problem, pretty clearly. And the other problem <sighs> – I mean, Petten's got to go. You can't give up 30-plus points in back-to-back NFC championship games. I mean, the first time last year, just getting absolutely embarrassed. And the second time, this wasn't as bad, but it wasn't as bad because Tom Brady gave you back-to-back-to-back gifts of interceptions. Because Mm. those Buccaneers drives, they were almost always ending in points or turnovers. There wasn't a lot of punting going on. So I think this easily could have been, you know, a 40-some-odd points, 50-some point game if Brady had, you know, taken care of the football, which he didn't. And so, and 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 to top it all off, you just get the perfect little encapsulation of 
Alright, it's basically a Hail Mary at the end of the half. The entire season, I have been bitching and complaining that the Packers' corners will play an 8-yard cushion zone on 3rd and 7. And every single time, you know, they back up right past where they should, and then they make a move. And this is the only time the whole season I've seen King play press coverage on Scotty fucking Miller. You, It's indefensible. Without safety yeah. help, there's nothing it's, to be it's said. It's a lack of, and it's a lack of, like, research, too, because... Scotty Miller ran a four three nine forty, folks, well, and that's what I'm like, saying. Where if he's you, not, he's not Wes Welker. Yeah, like, and and that's part like, of my my dig on. Need to change that is, narrative. If you sit down, you know, a guy like Jair, who I've I've watched, you know, some some like you know film on him, not during the game, where you can kind of sit down and really see what's going on, mm. and he is a smarter player than that. If you put Jair or a guy you know of that caliber. On you know in that situation where you know maybe King's supposed to play press coverage with no safety help on the fastest fucking dude in the field, he's gonna hedge a little bit. Well, he, that's that's Mike Pettin's mistake. That's a yeah massive brain fart there. Well, that's a massive brain fart by Mike Pettin, exacerbated by the fact that King has no critical thinking skills whatsoever. I mean, King blew. King got like two or three touchdowns thrown against him. They were, he had the Mike Evans, he had the Leonard Fournette one where he's like on the bottom of the yep. pile, like on the, in the turf. Yeah, he had so Scotty Miller. He's, and then he's the directly involved in all three touchdowns that Tom Brady accumulated. Or no, that the Leonard Fournette was a run. But three touchdowns. But it was a pass. It was a, yeah, it was, it was still a pass to him. Oh, was it? I okay, think. yeah. So I'm all three. Sure it was. But regardless, three scores that he's directly implicated in. And, I mean, this is, this is the good part about watching the game with my dad. Like, Third or fourth quarter, you know, he made like a tackle for still like a four yard gain, and he gets up and he's doing the Madden, you know, cornerback celebration where he's bobbing his head and bouncing around. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, I'm gonna get in a car and drive to Green Bay and beat the shit out of you. Not that I could, but like, right. holy shit, have some fucking self awareness. You are getting torched. Your head should be yeah. down. You should be back in the huddle. You should be the first guy there. I mean, like. There should be no fucking celebrating, which is why I just think that he he is a lost cause as a player and should be cut, you know, immediately on the way back to the fucking locker room. And I, I, I'm trying to bash Pettin and I keep going back to King because I hate him so much. But Pettin, Pettin also should not have put go. him in that position. Like Pettin, no. I don't know why he's doing six seconds left. They have no timeouts They're on the 39 yard line. And they, he does a cover zero robber yep. where he has one of the safeties. I think it might have been Savage or Amos. I don't know which one it was. He no, came down, was, covered the middle of the like field. It was like somebody else. It was the guy yeah. that dropped the interception right before that whose name yeah. escapes me. But it wasn't even one of the two starting safeties for some reason. I have no idea why. And so it doesn't make sense. And when you look at it, Pettin is not getting pressure on the quarterback despite having Zadarius, who, like we've seen, can get pressure on the quarterback. I, I – struggle to think that he just like is incapable now you know like something from a scheme perspective has to be going on he's not getting pressure with preston smith he has preston smith dropping in a coverage half the fucking time which is ridiculous he refuses to scheme up a situation where jair even remotely follows a receiver he was lined up on gronk or like Ronald Jones. He, he just stayed. Game. Yeah, he just yeah. stays the left corner. Like the like that's kind of like and and, and I, I think that I, if you told him to follow somebody, like he'd do it. Maybe he's not stoked about that, and maybe that's like a change in the defense you have to make over the off season where you can you yeah. know work on it some more. But like 
the fact that you have this dude and you're like, well, I hope they don't line up on the left side of the formation because he's useless. That it's it's ridiculous. It's like defense is no, he stays over there, and yeah. so it's like. Well, they're like, okay, we'll All just motion away from that. Godwin or Evans on the left, and you get they get to be open, and it's just yeah. a matter of can you hit them. And so, yeah. you you look at the coverage, you look at the the you know the pass rush, and then you look at just the general play calling decision making. It, he's zero for three. It's so clearly, and granted, this game the offense didn't look amazing, but season long, it's so clearly not the offense's fault, and the problem is so pronounced. Now, I say that ignoring the fact that special teams have been abysmal all year, and actually like 20 minutes ago they fired their special teams coach. Yep. That's good. Um, I really hope that there's more where that came from, but I, I don't hold my breath because this is the Packers. So that was that was grievance number I don't even, three defense. I think so, yeah. Uh, grievance number four. Uh, hey, I'm going to switch them up because I have them, I think, in the wrong order. Grievance number four is turnovers. Uh, Aaron Jones fumbled twice all year. And he fumbled twice in this game, and I, you know, I don't necessarily hold him to task for that. I don't think he's fumble prone. You know, this is just the Buccaneers did a good job of hitting him and actively trying to get the ball out, and he mm-hmm. fucked up a couple times uncharacteristically, which sucks. Um, and to top it all off, there was one interception that Rodgers threw that should have been called back on defensive holding. Uh, put a pin in that. I'm gonna come back to that. Um, but they didn't. And so he had three turnovers this game, which, you know, has got to be, I think, the most the Packers have had all year. You know, usually they were getting out of games with one or zero turnovers. Uh, they were really good about that all year, and that was that was a big problem this game. All right, grievance number four. Let's talk about the field goal. Uh, down by eight, kicking a field goal. I don't like it, but it is impossible for me to separate the decision from the results, if that makes sense. I cannot be objective about it. In the moment, I didn't despise it. I still wouldn't have done it. You can make an argument for it. I don't think it's... I, I still think you know, it doesn't I, I, balance out the way... This is where I, I differ. I, I mm-hmm. literally... It's Wednesday, so I'm, I'm a handful of days now removed. I still... I can I don't understand it. I still don't. I, well, I just I think it was an there's analytics. a lot of things to go into it. Yeah, yeah analytics. I, 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 it I was get an it. analytics story, and you get how you know the field goal. If you get a stop, that allows you with a two minute warning to take the lead and actually win rather than relying on a coin toss. And I get that part, and that that makes some sense to me. Having said that. But you I needed to that... score a touchdown anyway. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. You kick the field goal. That's not that, if it was like to make it another three point to make it a three point game. That's and I totally understand it. But you yeah. still need to score a touchdown. So it's like you always have to get a stop. So why not just go for the touchdown now? And even if you if you get the touchdown and don't get the two point conversion, you still need to stop. Like I, it just yeah, and, and there so, are things so that picture, don't make sense to me. Picture if they were down by by four points. All right, for the sake of like hypothetical argument, they're down by four. You kick a field goal. You're still down. You need to stop, and then you need a field goal. Now, now that situation gets a little bit worse and a little bit more towards go for it once you need a touchdown, even with the field goal. It gets a little bit worse when you think about, you know, you guys are on the eight-yard line, you're, you know, and goal. It's not even like you're just in field goal range. And then it gets a little bit worse again when you factor in that the defense has been playing 
kind of like shit all day. Mm -hmm. And so I understand the theory of what he was trying to do. Having said that, I think it was the wrong call. And, you know, he's going to get panned for that for a very long time. And he probably deserves it. I don't know. Absolutely. I I mean, I just, I I don't know. The way I look at it, you have the MVP of the league. um, And he, if he's not even aware, because I I have to believe if Aaron knew that they're not going for it on fourth down. He said, he said he assumed that they would be going for it on fourth down. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so had he known that, like, had he known that we're not going to go for it on third down, if it, or fourth down, if it's where we need to get, where it's still like eight yards, he definitely tucks and runs for a few more yards. That makes that decision that much easier to go for it on fourth down. Like, I, I don't know. It's just the, you yeah. take the ball out of his hands. I, that just doesn't seem right to me. doesn't make sense to me. Yeah, it just no, doesn't. I, mean, I hate him, yeah. but like, that's just stupid to do that. Yeah. And, and I'm, I'm in agreement. I'm in agreement with you there, and obviously hindsight's 2020, and we all know that that was the wrong decision, and that's kind of my natural segue. I've kind of listed, I guess, you know, the ways either, you know, things that are out of the control, like the weather and stuff like that, you know, Bakhtiari's injury, there's not really anything you can do about that, and the things that are, you know, there's a laundry list of uh, things that were in their control that they could have fixed things like turnovers, the field goal, general defensive issues and stuff like that. The last play that mattered, the last play of this game that I watched the third down. I'm, I'm still, I'm so upset and I am going to come out here now and say, yes, Kevin King grabbed uh, Tyler Johnson's jersey, he did, you know, hold or pass interference by the letter of the law. Yes. That I mean, is, that's blatant. It was a yeah. blatant thing. Oh, yeah. no. It Absolutely. was, and it was accentuated all, by the fact that Tyler Johnson should win a fucking Oscar for his flop, which is his prerogative to do because, what you know, I'm not going to... I'm not every, gonna say every player in that position is going to do that in that, yeah. in that situation. Yeah, no, I'm not judging him for that, but that's that's the context. Because we but, are we are a very much a pro Tyler Johnson pod here. Yeah, from the little, from the Gophers. Come on now, you you cannot fine, start with that. Fine, <laughs> but so now having said, you know, stated very clearly, yes, he did that thing within the context of this fucking football game. Where that happened on the interception Aaron Rodgers threw, happened on three or four other calls, and to their credit, they were calling it consistently on both sides. There were a couple other things where Packers corners got handsy, and there were some things where the Bucks got handsy, and it wasn't being called. And to decide at that moment that you were going to break that con that uh that precedent and call a penalty there which would in essence seal the game at that moment is inexcusable. And the fact that it had to be thrown in from the dude 20 yards away, couldn't even see King's hand from his angle that he was standing at. But he can at. see the jersey between them, the white that jersey. I would say had a good to fair chance of being labeled as uncatchable. It was way the fuck over Tyler Johnson's head. Maybe he could have gotten a hand on it, but... 
he did not have a good chance to go get that ball. But if you get a hand on it, it, that that in itself is catchable. Yeah, and, like, but that's but what I'm none saying. of that excuses slows him down. I mean, to take the game into your own hands and decide it right there on that play. So King shouldn't have grabbed. He did commit a penalty by the context of the of the general NFL rules, but within this game, that was not being called for 59 minutes. And right. it sucks. It sucks <laughs> it that they weren't does. even given I, a I agree. chance. I agree to to lose a game like that really does suck. But what I'm telling what I'm saying right now is in the context of the game, if we're going by that, I agree that they let them play. I mean, there was no I think I don't think the first flag came until the third quarter. Um and no, so there, I, at some point they had thrown like three flags and the game was yeah. almost over. Yeah, and so it was a very, very clean game. I mean, from what the refs deem as clean, there were still there were definitely a lot of contacts. I mean, there are contact that happened, but there were only six total penalties that entire game. So, this that being said, the Kevin King on Tyler Johnson was by far because of the amount of jersey and how far away he was from him, and like so you could really see the pull. That it by far was just looking at eye test was the worst one was the most egregious. That's definitely pass interference. The other ones in the moment. Yes. When you freeze frame, every penalty, every hold, it's going to look, it's going to look terrible, but in a moment of when they're actually running and things like that, where it's like on a break, there's always people grabbing a hold of them, but there was never that much of a pull on either side. So I agree that it sucks to have a game basically end that way. Um, a great game. I thought, uh, end that way, but, to quote Aaron Nagler, who's a huge – he does like a podcast for the Packers. He's a big Packer guy or whatever. He's on Twitter. He's got a really big following. But I saw he posted or whatever about this game where people started saying, you know, the fix was in. The fix was in about this game. And he he said – he's like, the fix did not make Aaron Jones fumble. The fix did not make Aaron Rodgers throw an interception. The fix did not make Mike Pettin and Kevin King lose their minds at the end of the first half. The Packers gave the game away. And then he also someone replied to that saying, but why let them play until Brady needs a call? He said, sorry, Bill, the guy who said that. Uh, but if you don't, but if you don't want to, or if you don't want to put the officials in a position to decide the game, don't put the officials in a position to decide the game. That's a shitty response, but it's no, and, it comes and I, like it. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. You know, it, Kevin it, King did not need to do that, but no. he got beat so bad that he did. He got and, beat so bad, and like I said, I I don't think that Tyler Johnson had a great shot at that ball. Honestly, I don't think he. I mean, he didn't know King didn't know that when he grabbed the jersey. But and that's that's kind of. I mean, I I do share that sentiment a bit that you were talking about in terms of that's that's why I made very clear to lay down the Packers' shortcomings at the beginning before I talked about the officiating at all because they made mistakes that took away the wiggle room that made that that created an ending that the refs could fuck them over on and yeah. that you know that's on them because they put themselves in that position so getting into that position is on them i just i can't fathom where that call came from and they huddled up and they called it anyway and the worst part is that there will be no repercussions because this isn't even the worst thing in this vein of events that have happened. I mean, we've had 
the Rams and Saints, and a whole number of just awful, awful refing situations in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. And nothing ever changes. There's no right. accountability. There's no improvement. There's rarely ever even a whoops are bad. Like, it's it's a, it's impossibly frustrating to deal with. And yeah. I was walking around saying after this game, I was like, I can't watch football anymore. I can't watch this product. I think I texted that to you. I was like, mm-hmm. I am having a really hard time looking ahead to next season. And obviously over the off season, you know, wounds will heal and I'm sure I'll be ready to get hurt again by next fall. But it's so tough for me to look ahead to next season and think, man, I'm really excited for that. And I'm going to, I'm going to spend every weekend. I'm going to dedicate, you know, three hours just to the Packers every single week and all this time and all this thought and all this energy and all this passion. And we're going to get to the end and some 60 year old overweight white dude is going to decide to drop his laundry on the field and decide the game for us. And that's it. It sucks. It just sucks. Wow. And, and there's never anything that will change about it. And that's really frustrating. Like, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of venting at this point. I hear, I hear your frustration at the same time. You will never, you're, you're not going to get any sympathy from any Saints fan. I grant, I don't no, think the Saints no, fans deserve any. No, but like, this it's is not, not as bad as that even. That's what I'm saying. Like, like we've band. had worse I, than this yeah. and nothing's gotten better. You know, at the end of the day, you're not going to hear, like the Packer fans are going to be the only ones that are going to talk about how they got, you know, I, and I hope yeah, this doesn't no, turn the narrative because no, it's going to be true. crap if they say we got screwed by this because the Packers beat themselves. Yes, the the Bucks played. They had a phenomenal game plan. I I applaud Todd Bowles. Let's not forget is still a very very good defensive coach. He might not have been successful in the Jets, but who has been really? I mean, Rex Ryan, I guess a decade ago, over a decade ago. Mm-hmm. But but really, Todd Bowles, like he's been unbelievable no, he's for the yeah. Bucks. And they had a phenomenal game plan, I thought, against Devontae Adams. Um, and and I I told you this too when we were texting on Sunday. Aaron got tunnel vision. He gets tunnel vision sometimes, I think. Mm-hmm. And and I think that's something that it's hard because, yes, Devontae is by far the best option. Yeah, well, when the delta is that significant, like, right. yeah, I, I, yeah, I you're understand gonna wanna, the urge yeah. to just force the ball. Well, early in the, earlier in the game, you know, it, I think it was Equinemia St. Brown that dropped the two-point conversion wide open in the end zone. Yeah. Um, and, you know, so that's hard to build trust when you have players that kind of – Oh, make a great play like Marquez Valdez Scantling, and then he'll just drop a wide open ball. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, I, I, it's hard to trust that. And Devontae, he had a drop. You know, he had the drop in the end zone. That yeah, I think did. it was on that possession. And, and it wasn't a and, perfect throw, but it's a catch no, he almost always. Yeah, it makes. wasn't an easy throw. It wasn't a perfect throw um, or easy catch by any means, but he, it's a catch that he has come to make um, in the last couple of years. And so I, I think, I think I, it was a stat about like his. I think he maybe only had like one or two catches in the red zone uh, on like six or seven targets or like most of his missed targets were in the red zone. Granted Mm -hmm. what I will say um, his average depth of reception is less than Michael Thomas. And I get that you just try to get the ball in his hands because he can generate yards after the catch. Um, Mm -hmm. But it's interesting that that's not ever really referred to because he scores touchdowns. So that's, you know, it's easy to forget, you know, 18 touchdowns is insane. So it's easy. I'm not saying he's a bad receiver by any means. I don't think Michael Thomas is a bad receiver, but I just think it's like Michael Thomas, you know, slant boy. Devontae Adams is like 
bubble screen boy. I don't know. Like, or like receiver screen that he just make, he makes a guy miss and he gets yeah, nine well, yards. And it's difficult like, because if he does, you know, actually progress into the secondary, most of the time he's going to be looking at at least two guys because right. yeah, you yeah, yeah. do not have to respect anyone else. Now, having said that, one thing I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention, uh, MVS actually had a hell of a game. Yeah. Yeah, he, <laughs> he did. You know, four for 115 and a touchdown. I don't think he dropped a single ball that was wide open. I mean, he he did what they needed him to do, and that is that is the uh, the case study. MVS is a great wide receiver three. He's mm-hmm. fine. Like he's 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 not a two though because he no. doesn't get respect. And neither is neither is Lazard. No. Like there, like he's not like Lazard. No. Lazard is like a, a. He's hoping to be like a red zone guy or like Lazard is he has a if someone big frame. gets hurt, you know, yeah. he can come in and he knows the offense and he's he's your four on on larger packages and stuff like that. They they need to address you know they they need to get um like a you know like a second guy for him in, in a free agency this offseason and, and, and i okay, uh, so yeah. i we we've obviously spent a good amount of time on on this one but i don't think we're gonna have a whole lot maybe with the bills and chiefs so i think it's okay but on the flip side you know brady yes you look at his stat line 20 of 36 280 three touchdowns three interceptions um mm-hmm. but really that what i think it was his third pick was the you know arm punt where it was a great, it was actually a great defensive call by Penton, where it was like a play action. I think it was Savage that came off the edge, um, had a free run at him, and he had, you know, he had no time to, th- he just had to chuck it. And Mike Evans is like, I think Mike Evans is the wor- like the worst, like he's the opposite of Stephon Diggs about helping quarterbacks like balls in the air. Yep. Like Stephon Diggs is one of the best, like balls in the air. I got to make a play. It's probably not going to be picked. Like it's at the very least, and Adam Thielen does a great job of that too. But that's why you know Case mm-hmm. Keenum was so successful. Um, Mike Evans doesn't really do that. He no, kind of he does not. He runs his route and then he's like he gets to the top of his any, route and he kind of like hangs out for a minute and like yeah doesn't really he's do a anything. he's a good he's a very good receiver. Um, but I I just think like he you know he has kind of takes plays off sometimes and. He doesn't really if it doesn't if he has to go off schedule it kind of doesn't work or he has to do something before he's supposed to look for the ball mm-hmm. he doesn't really help his quarterback uh, Chris Godwin on the other hand he just he's got a it's a confidence thing he's just have a little bit of the drops yeah and he made, he made some great plays today obviously that that catch that 52 yard catch was ridiculous the adjustment that he made yeah he um, drops one that's like right in his hands then he right pulls before that shit yeah. off yeah and then he goes right in like it's like i mean but i i also think this game i think was a great summary i guess if we can we don't we this is our first playoff matchup between Tom Brady's te- a Tom Brady team and an Aaron Rodgers team and so i think this was a great summary of their kind of philosophies if you want to if you have you know, want to go there. I think that Tom Brady is, he's going to be the guy that like, you know what? I got to, he's, he's got to make plays. He's, he's constantly trying to push the ball downfield and make plays. And if it gets picked, it gets picked. Um, he had you know, all day to wait for his guys to well, get down the field. And when he finally threw it to them, right. he threw three interceptions. See this, this is the, the worst part about this game for me is the Packers fucking lost. Obviously that's, that's that, the top shelf of problem. The close second is the fact that 
I would have rather Brady played well so I can get off this fucking take. But he, he did play well. like shit. He threw three interceptions. He did not have very many yards. I don't understand what they, the like su- what, what the like society is doing with this guy. Like you would think that he threw eight touchdowns this game. The way people are just fawning over him. He threw three touchdowns. We already talked about how, like, basically he oh. could send Kevin King a check for all those. He threw three interceptions back to back to back when they could have put their foot on the throat and put the game away. You're acting like he deserves credit for taking ballsy shots. He almost pissed the entire game away. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I, I want to get it so bad. I really, I sit there and I'm like, I like, and, and you can make an argument. I'm not even saying like back in the day, Tom Brady excellent Uh, no one's arguing that but i don't understand the insistence by everyone it seems like that you know even is remotely involved with the nfl to just look at the w and then close the entire book and say well this was this was a test match between this is where i need to stop you this is where this is I feel that this is where you get locked in a one situation or one thing. I'm not talking about this. Specific, I already addressed the interceptions. It's like you forgot that one of those literally like, what is he? He didn't take the sack, but they were, it was third and long anyway. And it was essentially, it was a punt because they got no, they feel no, position. Didn't no, no, matter no, no, at no, that no, point. no, It was not, he, he didn't like throw it. Like, I hope they intercept this. Cause that's no, like a but punt. he threw it. He threw the ball. He didn't want to take a sack because it was already third and long. It's like, I don't want to get further. And we're going to have to punt anyway. He's like, I got a really tall receiver one-on-one. I've and it just never happened heard that Mike someone Evans... make interception excuses for someone. Like, people make them You cannot Brady. tell me that that... Inter- you, like, what is he supposed to do in that situation? He's supposed to... He's in to... the pocket. He can't throw it away. He's in the pocket. Otherwise, it's intentional grounding. I'm sure he could have found somewhere to throw it away that wouldn't have been intentional grounding. Or I he could have, like, you know, thrown a better like ball that was to completed his... to his own receiver. The fact that it got intercepted. But his receiver didn't not... know where the ball was. The receiver had no idea where the ball was. He but didn't then, even look then, for then it. Then that's the problem. Then he threw the ball where the receiver wasn't expecting the ball to be thrown. I just I, think that I, you I can't look at this. You're, you're completely missing the whole first half, I feel like. Played like, lights out in the first half. You're trying to like assign a positive value. Like if you were the PFF grader for Tom Brady and he throws an interception, you'd give him like an eighty. Like you'd be like, "Well, it was a good interception. It was. I mean, uh, you talk about a pre-interception. There, there you go. That was. Oh, that was gorgeous. Like it's, it's bizarre to me that excuses and the backflips and the contorting people will do. He had a he had a bad game. Like. Can't we just admit that and move right. on? Like if, if we can admit he's that, he's going like, to the Super right. Bowl. Like correct, but it's like you you have a a false you you it always have this thing that Rodgers always plays great in these situations and Brady is gets helped by his team in this situation. Yes, but he still they still this, manufactured but, but points. In, but, but in today. this situation, like, yes, that's that's the end of the sentence. That's what happened here, and I'm not. You can disagree with me that it happens all the time. But that's what I'm saying is that this game sucks because I can't even get off that take because exactly what I say always happens is what happened in this game. And it's just, I mean, he had a 73.8 rating coming off of a 92.9 against the Saints. Like, what was his, what was his QBR? I don't know. I'd have to, I, I'm on 75, like 75.4. 
and Rodgers was 66.8. This is why quarterback rating and like things like that, because there's things that factor into it. Rating passer rating is it goes up to 158.3. Like I I saw a graphic with you know the EPA stats for offense and defense of you know teams within I think the last 10 or 15 years, mm -hmm. and you know obviously there's quarterbacks that are kind of matched up with you know each team, so you can compare their defense to the quarterback's EPA. Rodgers has the highest EPA by far, and like by far, 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 far the lowest. You know, it's a it's the greatest negative defense EPA across his entire career. Brady's defensive EPA, I think, is point three. Rodgers is like negative seven point one. It's ridiculous. It's absurd, and I hate that it keeps happening. I feel like. I'm in fucking Groundhog Day, where it's just an NFC Championship game, and oh look, the defense didn't show up. What a shame. I just, I just feel like you, you, <sighs> I don't know. Yeah, you, you are so locked in the Tom Brady's wash, but like, why don't we? Why is it never talked about? I'm not even saying washed because I, I've backed off of washed though, because okay. like, like Drew Brees is washed. Tom Brady isn't washed. He's just not awesome anymore. He's just like he's fine, I guess. Let's call it that. He's okay. okay. I, I think what people are saying that about Brady, it's like the fact that he's doing this all like you have like it's it's a it's a culmination thing. It's a it's an entirety of two decades, you know, and it, it's and, and the, the fact, fact that he's still he's doing not it in year one by now is is a testament. You're like that's it's yeah. insane that he's not like that. He threw 40 touchdowns at 43 years old. I mean, well, he's on and, a fantasy football team with like six awesome receivers, but it's yeah. still an. Six, who's the six? Who are the six awesome receivers? Six awesome receivers. All right, here we go. So we got Mike Evans, we got Chris Godwin, we got AB, we got Scotty AB Miller. Man. What what has AB been in the last couple of years? Uh, he's, Not he's, awesome. He's he's Not been in awesome. Tom Brady's garage. He's setting up a futon. Um, but okay, but AB was like the pinnacle of the wide receiver position like two years ago. So yeah, he's also thirty two years old. So just settled down. Yeah, but he also has had productive games this year. I think he's hurt right now. So that's why he didn't factor into this game. I, if you're not counting AB, I, I don't know. I don't know how to how to argue against. Like, I mean, he, I he played he played eight games and only had 445 targets for 45 receptions. Like, yeah, but he did a whopping 483 yards. He it's like eight okay, games and he's Antonio Brown. If you were to give me an Antonio Brown level, like current Antonio Brown level guy, in the anyone Packers, could have had Antonio Brown. I would. Like, I would eat him. He was up. sitting on a couch. Well, yeah, anyone could have that. Comes with a lot of baggage, but in terms of like actual <laughs> ability, I'd say he's still pretty freaking good. So you have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, A. B. Scotty Miller, Gronkowski. Scott, okay, Scotty Miller went like I, I think take Scotty Miller in the fucking the the bar I'm measuring against is MVS, and all of these guys beat him. Like <laughs> I don't I don't uh, know the fact it just it's still year one of that, and and we we have been very hot and cold on these bucks. All year. Middle of the year, or back in October, I think it was maybe after the Packer game, we were very high on them. But then after they went on a little lull, until their bye week, they but were see, now, now you're using falling down. their lull to argue that they're awesome. Like, I, I, now I'm confused, because I feel like the lull indicates that there is some instability, and they no, are I'm just a little saying, bit you, you treat it like you, you treat it like they're a super team. They're really not a super team. By, like, by the, the pieces they have, I still maintain they are less than the sum of their parts, because they just... When you look at the raw talent at the positions, I mean, they should be the Chiefs, and they're not. I just think, like... You you're you're just so quick to jump on that he had a terrible game or he gets I I just don't want you to come in here like are you saying that like he got carried 
to, he doesn't deserve that he's been to 10 Super Bowls. Like, that's not because of him. That's because of his team carrying no, him I'm there. I'm not trying to discount his entire career, but I think that in this game, if he has, you know, a slightly worse defense, I think they'd be in real trouble if you throw back-to-back-to-back interceptions. And I think if Aaron Rodgers ever in his entire career thought about throwing back-to-back-to-back-to-back interceptions, he would be fucking crucified and no one would be like even if they won the game be like well not be crucified you you make it seem like no one likes aaron Rodgers in the media aaron Rodgers is a media darling like they love him are you kidding me excuse me he called the media and i quote douchebags on pat mcafee yesterday doesn't doesn't matter darling they aaron Rodgers can do no wrong with the media like they love him in all of his quarterback play, which he deserves it. He's very, very good. He's an extremely good football player. do you player. think that he would get that same kind of praise if he threw three picks in the NFC Championship game? Because I and think one, he would. Uh, how, about no, how come no one talks about his one NFC Championship game win? He threw zero touchdowns, 244, and two interceptions, and they won. But no one talks about, like, oh, his he got carried to that one. Like, it's not like he performs out on all these insane levels and his team always lets him down. Maybe in the last couple of years, but like every time they've lost, that's happened now in 2010, what, like his third season. Like, I don't know. Yeah. He, I'm talking he about your Super Bowl run, but then, yeah. then the next one, his MVP one where he threw like 45 touchdowns he had against the Seahawks, 178 yards, one in one touchdown and two interceptions. But they, they, you know, they they lost that game. And yes, that was the Brandon Bostic. I'm sorry I said his name, but it's like I, I don't know. Like, it, yeah, I, just, I, I like, actually I want to take a moment to to explicitly call it Brandon Bostic again, even though I already did it on Twitter. I I will fight you in real life, sir. I am so I I and I don't follow you. You know, I'm, I'm shocked that you're still verified. Twitter probably needs to look into that. Um, the only reason I saw it is because someone who's actually famous, T.J. Lang, roasted you first. And I had to get my frustration out. I, that morning, that was the morning. So Brandon Bostick, the guy that fucked up the 2014, for people that don't know, he, you know, obviously no longer plays football. Can't imagine why. Um, He tweeted after this game, he tweeted, they're still going to blame me. Seven years later. Yeah, we're going to blame you, dude. You've been out of football for, let me check, seven years. And and I, I, I was in such a good, like, mood that next morning, like, I drove home that night, and I woke up the next morning. I'm getting ready for work, and I even, I, like, fucking meditated, and I did a whole little thing, and I was like, all right, I'm going to just, I'm going to let my, you know, the better angel save me. And the first thing I saw after that, I opened my phone, and I saw the, you know, laying responding to the tweet, and I went, nope, 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 nope. I got to I gotta be toxic. I got to be terrible just for a minute right here, and, oh, I hate that man. I hate him so much. <laughs> so... I, I just wanted before we move on to the other game, I just I saw this and I don't know this might make you feel not very happy, but it's it was what I was leading up to talking about the NFC Championship game being, you know, obviously they he, he, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, but since then he's lost four of these games. Yep. Um, in his oh, four oh, starts, has he? I hadn't noticed. In his four starts, he has a total of one thousand three hundred eighty-one yards. So like that's roughly two hundred or twenty five. That's like three hundred and change ish. Yeah, three hundred and change. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, nine passing touchdowns only, uh, and eight interceptions for a sixty four point eight completion percentage and an eighty three point seven passer rating and three fumbles. 
They've obviously, uh, oh, that, that includes, I'm sorry. That includes the, um, uh, that's five starts. That includes the win. Yeah. That includes the win. So then those are, these are five starts. Uh, he is, they're one in four in those games. They have allowed 30.8 points. That's high, but they've only scored on average 22. So I get 30 points. If your defense allows on average 30 points a game, ask me, the Vikings did that basically all season. You don't Mm -hmm. win many games. You're not going to win very often, but scoring 22 won't win you that many games either. So I, I agree that there are many factors. It's not, I think quarterback wins is the dumbest stat ever, but they are the most impactful position on the field by far. And in, in, in a situation where he's had phenomenal play, he is a fun, like an unbelievable, all one of the all time greats at his position and probably just in the sport, but that those are not good. That's not good to have that be your performances. No, no, it's not. And it's I a mean, pattern. Five, I think five games. That I can call that. That's that's more than just like an anomaly. That's a, that's just a trend. He doesn't he doesn't play well in NFC Championship games. It's weird because when he's in the Super Bowl, he played great. I think he had an interception, but he still played very well. And leading up to those games, he usually plays really well. So it's it's just weird that that happens. So when you look at those games, the teams that you end up playing in the NFC Championship game. I mean, you got, you know, Peak Seahawks, Legion of Boom. You have this Bucks team this year and the teams in between, like the Niners last year, all awesome defenses. And that's not, you know, it's not an excuse, like I said, but I, I don't know. He just, it, it seems like I mean, the, the Packers struggles when they they've been, play these they, defenses. They're one of the top seeds, like going, like most, like those games, except for obviously the one they won, they were a wild card. Um, Do you want to hear the saddest story that I have to wrap up this game. Is it quick? (laughs) Yes. All right. So I got a t-shirt from my girlfriend's mom for Christmas, except it didn't arrive on time. And so it actually still hadn't arrived before this game. And then I'm down in Wisconsin. So they lose. I'm all sad. I got to drive four hours back up home and I finally get in and I'm just, just devastated and I'm tired and I'm I'm still very upset. And I look on the counter and there's this green and gold shirt. It finally arrived and it's like the number twelve and all the Packers stuff and a goat on the shirt. So after Aaron Rodgers loses to Tom Brady, I have a shirt that greeted me literally hours later proclaiming him the goat. And that's how my day went. I'm 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 not I'm not unhappy for that. I think that's kind of funny. It's but... also way too big, but that's that's <laughs> that's just a detail. Well, it's just you gotta you gotta get in your pat your Wisconsin diet. So you get you just have some the beer and cheese. You'll fill it out. before this game. Ah, uh, of course. What, what jersey were you wearing? I was wearing Devante. He hadn't failed me up until that game. Since I got the jersey for Christmas, he was perfect. Womp womp. Yep. All, right, All right, let's did move it, on. Did another game? I, see, the thing, I feel extra bad because, like, I, obviously I have a ton to say about the Packer-Bucks game. I don't have much to say about the Chiefs-Bills game. So, um, Other I think, than an apology? Uh, yeah. I was I was wrong. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I, I goofed. Um, <laughs> what have I, I been saying? What have I been saying this, this, this whole season yeah. and this whole postseason, Kevin? Yeah, don't, they... don't, don't poke the bear. 
They flipped it's, the switch. They are. They, they. That's just how good this team is. I, I saw and them like, kind of not flip the switch against the Browns, and I was like, maybe there isn't a switch. And like, no, they just didn't feel like they needed to. Yeah. Mm, this yikes. And so I, I think, um, the Chiefs are just far and away the best team in, in the league. Like I. I'm, that was I'm not going to go in for me where I was like, well, even if we did win, like we would have gotten annihilated. In yeah. And, and that's where it's like, There's it's interesting no because especially the only way like they're, you know, they really only have one loss. I don't count really the week 17 because they didn't play any starters. They lost the, the, the Raiders in a weird game. Um, and I, I think that this team, uh, Patrick Mahomes in his last 26 starts, this includes postseason. Um, he has a twenty-five and one record, uh, averaging two ninety-three point three passing yeah. or yards per game, sixty touchdowns, and only twelve picks. I mean, twenty-five and one it doesn't get better than that. No, like you literally, it's it, it's just it the Raiders. Not. It's just that one weird Raiders game, and like I, that should not be the way it is. And it's not like I know a lot of it. You know, could be system, sure. But at the same time, like, I think Patrick Mahomes is just, he does things that we do, I take for granted already. And it's only mm-hmm. year three of him being a starter. But there's some throws, like the one where he was being sacked, like middle middle of him being sacked and being spun around. He just flips it to, finds Kelsey right in the middle of the field. And the one where he's like, you cannot run zone with him because he knows where they are. And he Kelsey's like barely in the frame and he just throws it in the open spot and Kelsey gets there on like a diving catch or whatever, a falling down catch. It's like, that, that's something that I, I was going to say too, about this game in particular. I was watching the first half and I was like, they, they should try covering Kelsey. I mean, I know they would still fail. Maybe they are trying, but like, holy shit. <laughs> like, come on yeah. guys. Yeah. Like, so I, I think the, the chiefs obviously have more than just Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. Um, but at the same time, like Travis Kelsey, number one tight end in the league, I think he has been for a while, at least uh, yeah. from a pure receiving standpoint. Um, Kittle has him on the blocking, obviously, but health is obviously an issue. Kelsey, I don't think he's really ever been hurt. Uh, Tyreek Hill, on the other hand, top five, top six, I don't know, receiver, just one of the most, Tyree if not Kittle, one of the most special players. Top five, top six, and top one and pretending to be hurt after every big play. Yeah. <laughs> he confuses me, because I don't watch the Chiefs that much. I did yeah. more this year than previous years, and every single time I'm like, oh no, is he hurt? And I did it like three or four times before I figured out, like, oh no, he just does that every time. Yeah, he just, he just stays <laughs> down for a little bit. But I just, and like, I, I don't think... I mean, Mahomes is, I think it's pretty clear. I, I think it has been, but it is this year, especially, especially if they go on to win this. I don't think it matters even if they win the Super Bowl or not, but he's, he's the best player on, in the world right now. The best yeah. player on the planet at football. Not even quarterback, yeah. just ever. Or like, not ever, but like right now. Uh, he has, he's just special. Yeah. And, it, and Andy Reid knows that. It's, it's obviously, it's the perfect place for him to be. I think well, it's, it's really place, fun to that's, watch. That's the same thing when you talk about, you know, dynasties being made. And there, I mean, there are mm-hmm. a few, there aren't that many true dynasties in the history of the NFL, but this is shaping up. You know, if they keep on track of where they're at right now, this is definitely gonna be one of them. And you look yeah. at the previous one with Brady and Belichick in New England, yeah. and it's always a coach quarterback combination. 
You know, yeah. like that is the winning formula. Who is the Chiefs running back? It doesn't fucking matter. You know, it didn't, right. and, and as long as your defense is remotely competent, you know, the, the, I don't, you just can't stop these guys when no. Andy Reid is scheming up things so well and Patrick Mahomes is executing it flawlessly. It's, I wanted something different. Like, that's why I picked the Bills at the start of the playoffs is because, like, I was like, you know, you can't can't do that two years in a row. They're going to stumble. No, I was I was super. I, see, that's what I did with the NFC side. AFC, I couldn't. I was trying to think like the Bills would kind of be fun. But at the same time, the little Viking head in me is like saying like, no, we want the list of teams that have never won a Super Bowl to stay where it is before we so we can get no off of that. Changes. I don't want to have Access like list gets, I don't want to have that list get smaller and smaller while we're still on it. But. Well, I, I think also I'd tell you that the Bills would have probably gotten beat by the Bucks anyway, but still. Yeah, I I think and and it's because like I, the Bills what I like what I said they they're ex- the most one dimensional team, um and when you have a quarterback who made a massive jump this year, but mm-hmm. he where he has moments where he kind of slinks back into year two, possibly even a little bit of year one, Josh Allen. You can't have it. And um, yeah, he's good also, for one or two of those plays at least in like every yeah. big game, I'd say. Primetime yeah. playoff stuff like well, that. Well, last year with the Texans where he just said, fuck it, and threw the ball. And Which like, is my against... favorite kind of Josh <laughs> Allen. Like, let's, let's not it's mince just... words here. I I love when he does that. If I was yeah, a he just Bills a fan, I mode. would. And that's why I think it's so perfect that he's like with the Bills, like Bills Mafia. Like it's just oh, yeah. he's so Buffalo. Um, Every once in but, a while, he like metaphorically just jumps through a table, and you can't stop him. I I also I need to make a PSA. Um, Sean McDermott, I like you. I think you're a great coach. Um, you're relatively young. I think you're only like 45. You're new. You're not. You've been in the NFL a while. Um, you have to realize. You can't kick field goals against the Chiefs. Uh, what does being down by nine do for you? I he had the long, they had a great drive. Second worst field goal of the whole day. <laughs> Twelve plays. Well, this is where it's baffling. So, the one right before half, they drive down the field, uh, and it's like ten seconds left. It's twelve plays, seventy-three yards. They get down all the way down to the uh, four-yard line, third and goal. Uh, he passes short right next. It's fourth and goal at the two. You're down nine to 21, and you know that Kansas City gets the ball half. Why do you kick a field goal? You have two yards and a very athletic quarterback and Stephon Diggs. Um, this was a big kind of this whole weekend. There were two coaches that played it conservatively and two coaches that played it aggressively. And both of the aggressive coaches won. And I don't think yeah. that's a coincidence. No. Um, and so then, obviously, they're down now 21-12. They're down by nine. Great. Good for you. It's like the worst thing to be down in football, I feel like. Obviously, a small amount. Um, and then the Chiefs go down, kick a field goal. Now you're back down by 12. Then you go down the field, and you have a 10-play, 67-yard drive. It's fourth and three from the eight. So you're like, nope, Tyler Bass, go out there for a 27 yard field goal again. <laughs> you're down, you're down by nine yet again. What do the chiefs do right after that? Oh, four plays, 75 yards and two minutes and 20 seconds touchdown. Now you're down by 16. 
you're like, well, that's not ideal, but at least it's 16, two touchdowns, still two score game. Uh, you go down, have an interception where Josh Allen has his first ever career interception in the red zone. Mm-hmm. Not good. Um, and, and technically it was a red zone, I think. Uh, and then you, I think so, yeah, yeah, it was, yeah, it was, it was, it was after some weird scrambles and, mm-hmm. you know, penalties and things like that. Um, then the chiefs go down, score a touchdown. Now you're down 15 to 38. Uh, all right. You score a touchdown. And so instead of kick going for the two point conversion, which would make you down by 16, you decide to go, you, you, you're down by 18. So instead of kicking, going for the two point conversion to be down by 16, make a two score game, you kick the extra point. Now you're down by 17 and it's still a three score game. <sighs> I just I, – I don't understand what he's doing. And, and then he's like, well, now i got to kick this field goal so it makes it a two-score game when he's down by 17. Dude, you just – he, he confuses me. Like he doesn't realize like let me make a three-score game a three-score game or a two-score game a two-score game. It just – I don't know. He got put in a box by Andy Reid, and which is Andy Reid is – he gets shit on for t- clock management. But like mm. there are some weird coaching decisions with him and LaFleur – it was a weird day for coaching decisions well, and, from big coaches. Take a look at – yeah, so McDermott and LaFleur both kind of generally regarded as good coaches, right? And Andy Reid and uh, Bruce Arians as well regarded as good coaches. The difference, Andy Reid and Bruce Arians are very established head coaches in the NFL. Not yeah. necessarily with the teams, you know, they've had a lot of success elsewhere, but they have had long and – generally regarded as successful careers in the NFL. And LaFleur and McDermott haven't. And you can tell that there was... That they were trying... They, I think that they were somewhat influenced by not trying to look dumb or too aggressive, which is funny because they ended up looking dumb in the opposite direction. And that's just something that... You, like, Andy Reid doesn't care. What have you? Yeah, he he calls a pass on fourth and one. Bruce Arians yeah. is the same exact way. I mean, they're basically the same dude. And well, when they know. went for it, on, when it was like fourth and five, and they went for it when they're at midfield right before the half, the going back to your game, like that's Let's that's not. insanely ballsy. <laughs> like yeah. I just feel like that's where it was a difference. The two coaches that were coaching to win. And not being like we, you, that's it's the biggest you know it's a cliche I've said this multiple times. You have to coach to win, not coach not to to not lose. Mm-hmm. You know that there is a difference in that. And yeah, I, I, agree. I just think when you have a team like the Bills this year and how the the play that Josh Allen's been playing at the level he's been playing at this season, why are you going conservative all of a sudden? I just I don't know, and I. I, I didn't think they really had much of a shot. Like, I, I thought it would be a, a good competitive game, but I still – I thought it would be, you know, a two-score game. I thought the Chiefs would, like I said, flip the switch, and they did. I mean, yes, they were down 9-0, but, you know, they quickly can rattle off three touchdowns in the second quarter. Um, and it's just – I don't know. It, I think this is a great Super Bowl. I, I know we're going to preview it next week, but I'm happy with it just because I think that the Bucks. I like that it's the Bucks against the Chiefs. The Bills, I they're too hot and cold for me. I don't know. I just Are you saying Chiefs are the better team? The Super Bowl matchup reflects probably the matchup that would appeal to the most number of people nationwide. Hmm. 
Mm. No, because don't the, don't the Packers claim to have the most fans? Well, like, I mean, we do, but th- from a narrative perspective, it doesn't get much better unless you're a you know a big State Farm guy. But uh, or yeah, State Farm. But in terms of the you know oh the passing of the torch, Brady Mahomes. Don't don't make me I'm bring up. Saying, don't I'm not saying. Don't make me bring up just the questions. most benefited from refs calls and things like that. Don't make me bring up that I'm, chart. I'm man. just a guy. Fired up questions. <laughs> I'm just here for the people. I just it. I don't know. I I think it's interesting that people jump so quickly to say the Bills they'll be back. They'll be back. It's like, well, will are we sure? Run game. Well, like, are we sure they'll be back? Because remember we said that. I think people said that about the Jags back in 2017. Where have they been? Uh, people have been way, saying that. I I think about the Falcons with Matt Ryan. Josh I mean, Allen is is good. You know, like we can say that definitively now. The Bills as an organization is a larger question. Um, but Josh Allen this season has kind of proved that he, you know, can hang up to that he can weather scrutiny, that he can play at a high level. And even in the playoffs, I mean, he didn't have like a bad game apart from that interception. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the um, Bills as a franchise, I, I don't know. You're gonna need someone that isn't uh, Devin Singletary, six for seventeen. So I wanna I wanna go through something. I heard this. Um... I think it was actually on uh, Colin Coward on the herd. He did a segment about, you know, Super Bowl windows. And obviously there are, you know, a good amount of teams, obviously only two that are in the Super Bowl. I'd say the Chiefs and the the Bucks, their windows are obviously very much open um, since they're in the Super Bowl. But the other eliminated teams, I want to go, I want to list them out. And I want to say that we're going to end with this. And so I want to say, um, just read them off to you, and you tell me if they're open, partially open, or closed. And I'll, g- I'll give so- you like a scale, like one to five. One is like closed, five is wide open. How about that? Okay. Yeah. Great. Um. All right. So I and, and keep in mind, I I'm not a huge fan of calling labeling Super Bowl windows. Um. I think that they're a very fickle thing. As long as you have a franchise quarterback and you know consistency or stability in your foundation, that you'll you could you know. Just have a great year. Just not finding pieces. But mm-hmm. with that being said, uh, Indianapolis Colts, open or closed? Let's give the one to five. It depends on if they get a quarterback. If they get, like, Matt Stafford, which we haven't talked about, but if they get him, um, I would put them at, like, uh, three. Three and five is being wide open, you five, said? Five is the most open, yes. Okay. Um. All right, let's go with the Bears. These are all playoff teams. So these are all playoff mm-hmm. teams. So some of them are going to be obviously slam shut. Some of them are going to be open. But I honestly think the Bears, it's a homer take. It's, the, it's a one. Like, I yeah. don't think that they have any Super Bowl window to close or open at the moment. Right. Yeah. But theoretically, just that being if they had an out, out, a very, very outside chance. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I, I would agree there. Um, all right, let's go with the Seattle Seahawks. That's a four. Russ is young. Uh, they got to fix the defense, but he's there. They got receiving pieces still. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, Los Angeles Rams. That is a three. There have been a lot of question marks in the last week or two about Goff and the Rams possibly part mm-hmm. of this. Yeah, there's been, I think it was Les Snead, their GM, has had some interesting comments where he said that 
You know, he is the quarterback. He is the Rams quarterback right now. Like, kind of like throwing yep. things like hmm. the old verb tense game. Yeah. So, so, like like Aaron Rodgers, his future is unknown. Oh, you're even talking about that. that. The <laughs> people ran with that crap. But he's like, we got a lot of guys. Okay. Their futures are uncertain. He's a potster. He is a pot. He knew exactly what he was doing. He was talking he about says his that. teammates who are free agents. He's but signed he said, for the next three years. He said, including years. myself. He said, including myself. Including myself, because I mean, they could try and trade him. They're not going to. So, so you're saying maybe a 37 year old? He's thought of his in mind might not be retirement i don't know i do not know i just i just but think i know that i know exactly heard subsequent interviews with him yeah. where he walks that back firmly i know but then why say it i mean he it was like two minutes removed from losing the nfc championship game i, I couldn't have given a better press conference at that point and i was laying is... on the floor of the living room of my parents house no <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, I lay there for such a long time. Washington anyway, football team. Washington football, that's a one right now. Yeah, oh. get a quarterback. Um, all right, let's go with the Baltimore Ravens. It's a, it's a four, I guess. Four. Yeah, yeah, four. Tennessee Titans. Three. All right. Uh, Cleveland Browns. Four. Ooh, all right. Yeah, I got to win. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Two. New Orleans Saints. They got a lot of salary cap issues. They I are projected over $100 million They got a lot of cap. salary cap issues, but at the same time, like, Jameis is young, and he's elite. He's a free so... agent, though. He's a free agent this year. <laughs> so um, you gotta, and they're a hundred million over projected over. With Taysom Hill, I give him a firm one. <laughs> he is okay. not the answer. They gave him twenty million dollars. That's nice. Yeah. Um the Buffalo Bills. Uh four. Okay. And the Green Bay Packers. Two. Wow. It hurts. Oh, I am. That is shocking to hear from you. Yeah, it's not <laughs> wow. good. It's not no. good. It's the, don't get me wrong. It's, it's not great. I wish I wish the number was higher, but it's not. Um, I feel cause... I feel better about now saying like this kind of did feel that if they were gonna do it, this mm-hmm. was this was their best shot. Um, that being said, it's still the Chiefs waiting for them. Um, but still, regardless, yeah, you, that you, you need a season knows. where you do really well, and also like Patrick Mahomes tears his ACL or something. You know, you need. Yeah, he's like not a there. Confluence or somehow goes out. Yeah, gets out, doesn't get there. Yeah, it's kind of scary. Wow, I'm I'm actually shocked to say it, but I mean, I'm not shocked that I would say that. Look, man, I've, I've been I've been in said. win now mode for like three years. The organization is not listening to me. <laughs> <laughs> but don't uh, you guys? You're all owners. What do you mean? I'm not an owner. I haven't. Oh, you don't, don't have the worthless piece of paper that they. Well, it's they like the only sell scheme. it every so often, so there hasn't oh. been a sale since I've had disposable income to throw at it. So it, don't worry, I, I will at some point right, be, okay. become an owner. Yeah, you could too. Right. You could just you could just be an owner of the Packers just for like opposition research. Yeah, and I could just say like I own them. Like I I, I own them just as much as you do. You could pay so. three hundred dollars to the to the team you hate. For paper that you yeah, but then I display. could 
then I could just say like I I can say everything I want because I'm a partial owner. I am. Yes. I'm entitled to my opinion. You can go to the owners' meetings that they have at Lambo. Oh, like in full Vikings, you know, regalia. Yeah, be, and be, be like, and be like, bring my 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 ownership thing and be like, look, see, you may I not remove owner. me. I <laughs> I am in my legal right as an owner of this team. Yeah. <laughs> gotta gotta bring him down from the inside. That's, that's what I'll do. Oh shit! Now you know my plan. Oh no. Um, oh, I got, now I have right. to block you the next time they go on sale. I have to buy all of them. All right, we're gonna we're gonna I think call it there because we're gonna save all the Super Bowl stuff for next week because we got nothing going on. We have no Pro Bowl stuff, um, which is nice. We have these versus things, which is basically like a Zoom bragging battle. I don't know. It's weird. I, I will not be tuning in. I I don't like <laughs> Justin Jefferson had one with AJ Brown yesterday. I don't even know the outcome. AJ uh, Brown had one with himself after his like knee surgery or something. Did you hear about that? <laughs> No, <laughs> he had some sort uh, of surgery and he was all hopped up on, you know, the, the anesthesia still. And he like went on, like he went live on like Instagram or something and was talking yeah. about like spilling all these details about how, you know, they told him he was done in week three and he powered through it. And, like stuff the team had not released yet. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I just, I don't know. I saw a clip of it where AJ is just like talking about how. He said, like, yeah, the 14, I got to admit, the 1,400 yards is pretty nice. But, you know, I just want to see what my numbers would look like if I got as many targets as you. It's like, A.J. Brown, you you do. You get, actually, I think, more targets per game than Justin Jefferson. But, sure. I, I, have, I have a line. The gritty okay. is dumb. Got him. Except everyone in the league does it. I'm pretty sure Packers players even were doing it. So. It's, it's debatable. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right. I think, yeah, no, that, who was it that said it? I think it was Aaron Jones. No, Devante, I think, said him or Aaron Jones said they had Matt, they were trying to get Matt LaFleur to do it in practice. I believe that. And, yeah. And, and I think they were talking, I don't know who it was, but they were mentioning that Adam Thielen, they were talking about like, we got to get Adam Thielen and Matt LaFleur to do a gritty off because they, they were ragging on Thielen's first beginning of the season gritty. Uh, wasn't great, but he's he's that he improved. Yeah, he just improved the gritty a lot. Yeah. But yeah, so I think we're gonna call on that one. We spent enough time on these two games that wraps up firmly the championship weekend. Never uh, speak of this again. Uh, no, you didn't hear it from me still. Ever. Um, <laughs> it's like Groundhog Day. Just get ready for next year. Um, so we're gonna spend all of next week previewing the Super Bowl uh, and going deep dive into the matchups. Uh, and obviously giving our prediction, I think we might be on the same page there, um, based off this weekend. Yeah. Um, like Kevin did for most of the the bills. I get it. It was a fun, non, you know, chalk pick, but, um, all right. Thanks for listening to another episode of third and forever presented by 10,000 takes. You can go to their website at 10 K takes MN.com. Find them on Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, and Instagram. If you just search 10K Takes, you can also find us on Twitter uh, at Third Forever, uh, Third underscore Forever 10K, where we post each episode every week, uh, as well as links to me and Kevin's own personal Twitters, where we mainly do most of the activity there. Um, I've been your host, Adam Oz, joined as always by my co host, Kevin Ohm. Kevin, take us home. It's all Brandon Bostick's fault.
man, fuck that guy. I can't. St- I still. I'm so. I'm still like visibly mad about that. Like, oh man, seven years later, no one's paying attention to me. I'll just tweet this shit out, dude. Like, I don't get me wrong. I'm always gonna hate you, but like, I I wasn't sitting there like on Sunday, like man, fucking Bostic. Like, what? <laughs> 